Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we talk about the movies we love, break them apart to find out what imbues them with their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always in this thin, two-dimensional shell game of a lie, of media, and whatever, by my dear friend and co-host, Alex Dandino. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to channel a little network Trying to be a little angry about uh, the the world of this movie. I actually, but then it started to make me mad about the world we actually live in, and I just kind of lost it. Yeah, that's what was that was what was so difficult getting through the movie. Is I was like, I'm really enjoying this, other than the fact that I think it's happening actually already. So. Yeah. So this is our bonus aliens attack the pod episode selected by listeners. Uh, they live 1988. IMDb has this at a 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes at an 83. To me, those are too fucking low. This is an astoundingly good movie that has only gotten better with age. Watching this movie in today's world, right, is probably scarier than it even was back then. Oh, yeah. It truly is one of those things where I had forgotten a lot of this movie. I mean, obviously, there's, like, the lines that everyone remembers, but there's a lot of aspects of this movie I had totally forgotten. I'm like, this is not far off. Like, not even close. It oh was. no! Well, this this movie is super memorable in a couple ways. Right, like, it has this incredible fight scene. We'll talk about in the middle. Uh, some of the all time best action movie one liners. Like this might be the greatest assortment and collection of one liners in a movie. Oh, for it's sure. close. Like there's there's a couple. Like Commando has some really good. <laughs> there there are some other contenders, but this is right up there among the greatest. And then in the middle, there's just this this sequence that essentially is a short film in the middle of the movie. That is just among the greatest sequences in the history of cinema. You like to think um, that that was like the pitch deck for the movie. Like John Carpenter brought in. He's like, listen, I know you guys don't want me to make this, but I just did this on my own. So, uh, right. Know, cards on <laughs> well, the I mean, table. It's based on a short story. And I think someone was just yeah. like, you know, it, it reminds me of someone. Yeah, you would make this as a short. And they're like, we'll buy this and make it. Um, I, I just don't. I can't even say enough about this movie. Right. So we start off with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Famous pro wrestler from our era. This is something that I think is overlooked a lot. This guy was a pro wrestler first, right? Yeah. A very extravagant, you know, maniac of a character. He turns in such an earnest and awesome performance. Not just, like, for a wrestler, but just a truly good performance. He really fucking nails this role. I think it was really interesting watching him because... It's like John Carpenter said, okay, all the stuff that you do is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Just don't do any of it, and you'll be fine. Like, Well, it's weird, right? Because he's like, I kind of want you to be the pro wrestling version of Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it is. It's like, just be the pro wrestling version of Kurt Russell, and we will yeah, make this work. Because <laughs> you look at him, and you're like, all right, he's very Kurt Russell. And then about halfway through the movie, it slips, and he kind of just becomes pro wrestler guy with the awesome one-liners. <laughs> but it's just, it's a really, so like we start the movie, right? And it's just this guy kind of meandering through America, right? He's got his whole world in a backpack, uh, shows up at a job office. They're not giving you, you get the story, right? He's like, well, I was working hard in Denver. Uh, you know, it didn't work out. He walks outside. They're like, we don't have anything for you. They're kind of treating him like a piece of shit, even though he's trying to be an earnest, you know, wage earner. He goes outside and then there's this preacher, right? And I love this scene where he's just, a crazy street preacher. And so the movie already puts you on edge because you see this this 
guy trying to do what's right as an American, right? This idealized American, this Paul Bunyan, John Henry we have for ourselves. Right. Not working. And then you see the crazy street preacher, right? Why do we worship greed? They're here. They're among us. And he's going ape shit. And it's all these sad dudes watching. And you imagine every one of those dudes has Roddy Piper's story. Yeah. But then you're like, it makes you be like, well, maybe that guy's correct. And you start looking at this crazy man that we've all seen before. Like, anytime you're in public and you hear someone start to scream, you're like, oh, dear God, get me the fuck away from this. Yeah, particularly right? in the preaching section. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's like hellfire and brims. Like, I remember I was at a movie once. Uh, we were in line to see, goddamn, I can't remember if it was Wally or Up. Something like that, right? Right. So we're all in a long line in front of the El Capitan Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. And with the, those crazy fucking anti-abortion people showed up, right? Right. And they had this giant sign. It was like six feet long. And me and Amy are sitting there, you know, whatever. And I hear this girl, what's that, mommy? And I turn around. It's just this horrifically disgusting picture, right? Right. To try to sway you away from an abortion. I was like, come on, man. Put that shit away. Yeah. What? And I'm like, you are in front of a Disney theater showing something horrible. And he's like, that girl needs to see it. And you're like, that is a child, not even a voter, you motherfucker. (laughs) And that's the guy. Like, anyone who's like... Trying to like ruin the the public space where we can all just be quiet and ignore each other. Yeah, that's a horrific thing. So this movie's making you side with that guy early, <laughs> and that that puts you off guard. <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah. like that guy deserves to be there. It's weird. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Like people who and if you've ever been to Hollywood Boulevard, there's a lot of street preaching and this and that. Imagine later siding with that guy. <laughs> that's the horror this movie puts you in right away. Uh, but yeah, so then we see Roddy Piper. He goes on. He gets a job at a set, or not a set, a cons- like a construction right. Uh, construction crew, right? Does a day's work. The guy's being a piece of shit to him about being a homeless guy. And then Keith David, who, much to my shame, I forgot his name during the Thing podcast. Uh, Keith David helps him out, right? He takes him to like a homeless village. Yeah, and basically this, this like Tent City in L.A. Yeah, and, th- and this is like the coolest thing this movie does, right? Because this is kind of a, a high concept sci-fi story, right? But what it does before it gets us to the the kind of fun and games of that concept, it gives you this really cool kind of deep dive into uh, the American dream becoming the American nightmare, and right. it's just done very, very well, very, very uh, well thought out and and pragmatic, right? How they relay it, yeah. Because I love that scene when. So we've seen this guy struggling. He's obviously a hard, good worker. And then he goes and lives in a fucking shanty village, right? And we see there's a whole little city of these, like, shitty little construction buildings, right? Right. That look like they're just pieced together, like, from District 9. And then we see him and Keith David. And he's, you know, Keith David's kind of like, fuck this, you know, fucking America, this and that. And Rowdy Piper looks out and he's like, hey, man, I just, I believe in this thing, man. I believe in America. I believe in a hard day's work. Everyone's got their problems, man. You need to be more patient. Right. And that's a cool, it's it's a great moment because you see this character who's so fucking put upon early in this movie. And he's still just like, hey, man, I just, I believe in this greater thing. Yeah. I think that's right? what's and interesting. It, it sets up the ending. It sets up the fall so fucking well. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting about the movie is it's not just about like downtrodden it's about a guy who believes in the system like that above all else is probably the coolest turn in the movie. When things start happening is you're like, this is a guy who totally bought it, who even told one of the characters, being like patience, man, like you just got to wait for your time. Like that's like, what's crazy. Not only that, 
a white guy telling a black man to wait for his time. I'm like, nah. <laughs> You're like, Roddy. Roddy, come, come on, on, man. You're better than that. But yeah, like, that's sort of the really interesting social uh, aspects that this movie plays on, which is believing in this capital, believing in the capitalism and the system that's in place with not just capitalism, but also just a class system we have, this arbitrary class system. Um, it sets up Roddy Piper's character's disbelief when things start happening. Just it makes it that much better, and it makes it that much more plausible that like because. Look, when this movie starts cooking, this movie starts going fast. It does not turn around. Like, it goes. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. It's almost got that from dusk till dawn thing, right? Where it sets up one movie that you're like, this is a perfectly cool movie that I would do, right? Yeah. These two guys just trying to find their way. It's kind of got a, you know, Fisher's King waiting for Godot thing. Like, I'll do that. Sure. Right. And then it just busts into this crazy-ass high-concept sci-fi, yeah. and it just never looks back. This movie this, is... This, this part, is the not- opening... This movie's ninety four. Yeah, yeah. This movie's ninety four minutes long, and I because I, I stopped the movie to se- to see when this started happening. This movie's ninety four <laughs> minutes long. This movie kicked in at like forty two minutes. Like that's when things just got ratcheted right the hell up and started like going. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, the setup time, like the simmering that occurs, is so fascinating. And like especially for a John Carpenter movie, like again, this is a guy who like. We do not talk about enough John Carpenter movies being like fucking. He is really like one of the greatest directors of all time. Like no, well, I think it's because he does horror and sci-fi a lot that he gets relegated to. Oh well, he makes those movies. I was telling you this right. early on the phone. I think I admire John Carpenter. Like if we were playing a game, right? You could switch and with any director, right? And you became the person who was responsible for their filmography, right? I think I would take Carpenter's over anyone else. Because you're like, you know, from Halloween to The Thing, Do They Live, Assault on Precinct 13, Escape from New York. Like, this guy just has so many fucking amazingly awesome, but not only awesome, just fucking fun, right? Like, they're they're yeah. just so good across the whole spectrum, right? Like, I don't want one of these artsy pants filmographies that's not, like, I want the people's movies. Yeah, like, that's, that's what it John is. Carpenter. That's John but Carpenter. But he so often just poo-pooed into this, oh, well, he makes Halloween and those kind of films. And it's just not true, man. It's really like not. this and the thing are as good as any movie you'll ever watch to me. Totally. Absolutely. I, there's, yeah. there's just nothing about these movies that isn't there's nothing about these movies that isn't a, like the deeper meaning. Like you can see, like, look, the facade of these movies is really fun. Like we have a great time in this movie. Like they live is a fucking blast to sit through. It's not one of those things where you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, God, I have to get to the end of this to understand what it's about. Like, they tell you the deeper meaning of the film, like, pretty early on. What's great about John Carpenter movies, though, is it's your job to kind of dive deep and, like, really get into what he's trying to tell you about commercialism, paranoia, anything. Like, these are all these things that he sort of... All his movies have this pervasive, like, anti-government tone, which is pretty cool, actually, when you think about it. But that's really kind of just harbors this like basic need to distrust everyone. It's really fascinating when you when you really like look at the overall oeuvre of his work. It's about other than probably like Halloween and even Halloween, you could say you could say Halloween's one of the all time great horror movies. Like it started a whole thing, man. It helped start, I should say. It's really something. But no, like I, I read this book right recently called Sapiens. Right, it's like the brief history of mankind. Right. And it's one of those mov- books you read just to be like, wow, I'm such a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> right? you're like, all it does is everything I think I know, it kind of like shattered all of it. Right. right. And one of the things they talk about in that movie, right, is like, why did we ascend 
past other human species and like what caused this big jump with us, right? Right. And one of the things they talk about is that we had this immense language capability where we could create these great fictions that we could all believe in, these social constructs. So what you see is this movie plays on that, but that's, I mean, to me, what kills me when people downgrade John Carpenter because he's kind of a genre guy is so right away we see, you know, a hardworking American, like the true blue American, right? Right. Working all day to be homeless. We see a TV when when you interrupt the TV, people actually get headaches from being confronted with reality. Right. We go across the street and the church is a fraud. Even with good intentions, the church is a fraud. Right. Totally. These are, these are big concepts, big visual concepts attacking these social constructs like you even say like i believe in this thing america america is not a thing that exists that's a thing that we made up you can't just walk and all of a sudden be like oh well i'm I'm not in america anymore right america's gone right we invent these things and these lines and these states and money and governments like they're all constructs of our imaginations that we all willingly buy into and so roddy piper doing that and us being outside of that there's so much powerful subversion of visual images that we all hold true all the time. Right. Um, so when we get to this moment, right, the police come crashing down and the police start raiding these things. There's a scientist who's busting in and saying, this is all, they, they're out there. They're controlling us through the TV. Break away, break away. And the cops find them and essentially come in and start busting it down. Right. To this point, we still don't know what's up, but there's something about seeing a police force brutally roll over and bulldoze that shanty village yeah that you're like that's not right man that's right. not how this should go so again we're, we're still playing with these big big fucking ideas right right in what could have been relegated to just a genre alien movie right and then you get to and then he finds the and then he finds the sunglasses which is like i <laughs> I fucking the moment where he steals this box. We've seen this police raid. They're beating the shit out of everyone. He gets away. He gets the box, right? Yeah. He he runs to the alley and rips it open. It's sunglasses. And he's like, what the fuck? He starts digging in the bottom of the box to find something else. It's one of my favorite reveal sh- moments in any movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's just like. It's one well, of those think things. Back, think it, back to the first time you saw this, where you're like, "What?" <laughs> like yeah. everyone in the audience is, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things where you're like, "Oh, it's probably like a gun or like something like that," and it ends up being sunglasses. You're like, "Huh?" Anything, drugs, bomb, yeah, anthrax, like, like these are supposed that, to be kind of anti-government terrorists. Anything that could like terrorize the government. And you're like, <laughs> "Oh, U- UV protect UV protection." Uh, okay, well that's it's a- crazy. No, like imagine seven. If at the end Brad Pitt or Tracy Morgan opens the boxes, oh my god, and it's just Ray Bans. You'd be right. like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, what's going on?" That's a weird. That's a weird choice for this. Yeah, movie. like you, I mean, that's like this is what's great about the movie is like it subverts these expectations. Like very early on, we get a lot of this like anti-government and sort of like this anti-government versus establishment vibe, the whole thing, and then like immediately, like the sunglasses are almost a red herring, even though they end up being really important, obviously. But they're almost a red herring because you're like, um, hang on. Sunglasses, huh? That's that's where this movie's going. This guy's going to protect his eyes from the harmful rays of the sun for the rest of the film. <laughs> like, that's right, where here, it starts. So here, here's where the movie breaks, right? This is when we get into, I mean, there are all-time great sequences in film. This has to be talked about amongst them. Absolutely. 
it essentially breaks into kind of this this short film that sums up what will be the entire rest of the movie. Right. It's a brilliant bridge between the kind of decay of symbols that we see early to the truth that is now revealed, right? Right. Um, so he puts on the sunglasses, and all he sees, every time he looks at an ad, he sees what's really going on. So instead of the vibrant world of a woman, you know, on a beach for cigarettes or whatever, right. he puts it on, it's black and white, and it'll say, obey, yeah. consume, right? Marry and reproduce. It has all these, I mean, I just, I was writing them down, I'm like, these are just so fucking the, amazing. The best one by far is after he sees the first, uh, he's like, who, like, he sees the first alien. And then he's at the right. newspaper stand, and that guy walks over with the cash, and he looks down, uh, and the cash says, this is your God on it. You're like, oh, yeah. that's so great. No, I actually threw my pen. I was just so excited by that. I was like, fucking ridiculous how awesome that is. I love it. That is such a powerful visual image. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking great, man. And I love the design of the aliens, too, right? So they make, they make them these rich guys, but they have this sort of naked, exposed, grotesque face that yeah. shows kind of the the meat and the sinew and the bone. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's fully exposed, unadulterated id. Yeah. They're not hiding anything. They don't have a face to hide behind or mustache or anything. They're just these ugly, it's the ugly fucking, like, disgusting face of greed just right there. Right. And it's such a brilliant design. It's so good. But this whole sequence, right, of him walking around and seeing everything, the money is the best. But I do love the supermarket scene, too. And he's just like, Watch it, formaldehyde face. That's the best. <laughs> you that's the best like, you this guy fine. is losing put it. Put these on. Formaldehyde face. <laughs> yeah, he's fully losing his fucking mind, yeah. right? And then we see they start calling on the watches. <laughs> we have a male who can see, blah, blah, blah. And then you're, it gives you this, oh, my God, they're everywhere. He runs outside. There's fucking drones. Right. The cops are in on it. The cops are trying to, to hey, we can work this out with you, whatever. Right. And then we go immediately into a double cop murder, and you're like, this thing is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. This shit is kicked off now. This shit is lit. <laughs> that was like, that was one of those great, like, little sequences, too, where the cops are, like, trying to bargain with and, like, you look as ugly to us. Yeah, I doubt that. I'm like, ooh, Roddy Piper. Well, not even that. Where'd you get those glasses? Tooth Fairy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this, this guy is so stoic. He's like the quiet, earnest American man. And then he sees the world for what it is, and he becomes a fucking pun machine. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I was gonna, like I wrote in my notes when I was watching, and I was like, Roddy Piper has not said a single, like has not, other than like monosyllabic words, has not uttered a sentence until like he actually meets Keith David, and that's like ten minutes into the movie, by the way. And yeah. then we like, like even in his job interviews, he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, he's, like, so subdued, and then he puts on the glasses and, yeah, just turns into this phenomenal one-liner machine. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, like, here, so here's a great moment, right? When he goes into the bank. Oh. So now he's got shotguns. And this has the, this is maybe the greatest action movie one-liner, right? The, I am here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm <laughs> all out of bubblegum. Like, you can imagine it in the Roman Senate. <laughs> Did you know? And I'm all out of bubblegum. Did you know that but was ad lib? Sub. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I read that John, like, he ad libbed it because I guess that's one of his lines that he was uh, working on for, like, a WrestleMania thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fucking good. I. That line is the one that always gets the most because it's just so fucking weird of a thing to say. Yeah. And it's awesome. 
But the subline I love is when the the alien's trying to call on the radio. He's in the bank. He's in the bank, and he just goes, "Mama don't like tattletales," <laughs> and blows that motherfucker away. I was like, "This is so fucking." I love that they can hit me in the the highest level of like brainy intellectual cinema, but also just seeing a guy, "Mama don't like tattletales," and shooting someone. I'm like, "This is like, goddamn! Like, how do you hit my like?" alien seed brain and my lizard brain it's amazing there's a lot of highbrow stuff going on here there's a lot there's a lot like going into your there's a lot of information going into your brain that you're like holy shit i am fucking floored by how awesome this is well it's crazy because this is the movie i was thinking about this i'm like this might be the most quintessentially important american movie yeah there's ever a movie every american like i think the book everyone should be forced to read is 1984 or not not even 1984 maybe fahrenheit right that's like probably the most important book anyone should read to me right this might be the movie that every american kid should have to watch yeah we should be putting this in schools to teach kids not to be just fucking drones like i i mean like this is the kind of movie like i felt like i should have watched when i was in middle school and like all right kids what did we learn today well if you walk into a bank there's only two things you should be there for like those are the kinds of things <laughs> that I want. like those are oh, the kinds so you of want to use learn. it to suppress you want to make sheeple see i'm talking about you put your pussy hats and your MAGA hats in one theater, and they all come out, and they're like, enough with the hats. Let's talk. Enough. <laughs> enough. Let's go to uh, the Pope. John Carpenter himself has saved us. Let's talk. Are, are you, this is getting out of control. So what you're saying is that They Live actually is a peacekeeping initiative when you think about I, it. I think this movie could save us all. <laughs> I think it could. <laughs> Although here's, here's the interesting question of the movie I, I came across, right? Is I was sitting there watching it with Amy, and I, I kind of looked at her, and I just go, what would you do? Right? It's the Matrix question. They lay it out really well in the Matrix. Right. I know this steak is fake, but when I eat it, my brain has signaled that it tastes good. It's juicy, right? It's comfortable. I like it. Right. This movie has that same kind of philosophical question built in. What would you do? We actually see – oh, god damn it. See, I'm so bad with actor names – the, the guy who plays the bum who's yelling at the TV at the oh, start. Yeah. He's in so many awesome movies. Like the guy who's always in a movie playing like a scruffy old man. Right. At the end, we see him fucking turn, right? He became the Cyrus. Right. Or the Cypher, whatever that fucking guy's name was in that Matrix movie. Joey Pants. Uh, Joey Pants. Yeah, his character. So he fucking turns, right? And he's like, hey, man, they control everything. There is no fucking world, right? All our social constructs have been hijacked by them and they're weaponizing them against us. And he's like, why not get in? Why not live comfortable? Be a pet? You know what I mean? Right. What would you do if you put on the shades and you were now confronted with the truth? What's your next move? I mean, I think, I mean, obviously everyone wants to say that they totally like, if you're confronted with the truth, like that's the difference between like the matrix and this. Like if you see the matrix and someone's like red pill, things get real blue pill you just go back to sleep like eh, as far as i want to go give me that blue pill like i, I don't want to i guess also the matrix the world's already destroyed yeah so you're like there's not really a better option <laughs> yeah uh if i get to just sit in a computer simulation and then die and i get to just like go to bed after if i just like like that's fine whatever like that's a blue pill scenario they live is a little different because they live still as kind of our world like we're not living in a like made up reality we're living in a reality of constructs of these like social constructs rather than like being asleep We're asleep, but only like in that social sense. So I'd say if I put on those glasses and saw the world for what it was, I'm all out of bubble gum. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. Uh, no, I would immediately sell out. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, immediately. I would sell everyone out. I'm like, all right, where's my fucking mansion. 
get me out of this fucking District 9 shanty village. <laughs> I want the tux. I like that he got a tuxedo, but still had the worst haircut and scraggly beard. Absolutely. So I was like, let's clean that shit up. Like, no. I want to look cool. No, like, he- I want to live up on the hill next to Cardi B. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want nice clothes. I want to look like one of those people that post stories to Instagram. Oh, yeah. You know no. what I mean? When I'm on Instagram, I'm like, wait, what's a fucking story? What? I want to be the person who knows about that shit and people want to watch the story. Like, that's what I want from these people. Like, make it happen, make it fucking work. I agree. I would sell out immediately. What's the, what's the game in fighting? I mean, so he has to find a signal, right? So he knows because our two people that represent the truth, right? The guy who helps the homeless village kind of run it, right? And then a preacher. There, there are truth, our truth people, right? The scientists too, right? I'd be like, well, you guys all have the worst fucking lives. <laughs> you I guys th- all have horrible, horrible lives. I would sell out so fucking fast to these aliens because this is the thing. All they're doing is using. The social constructs that we have already imprisoned ourselves with and are actually imprisoned by in this world today, our real fucking world, and just kind of like hijacked them. What's the difference between living with the fucking, uh, you know, pussy face aliens and the uh, the orange face pussy grabber? I mean, what's the difference? Honestly, I don't see like, look, everybody wants to say that they'd be Rowdy Roddy Piper going into a bank and, you know, being out of bubble gum and kicking ass. So like. <laughs> That's what everyone says, but yeah, like in truth, you're right. Everyone would like we'd all just invest in the lie at this point because we have. I'm the least American, least heroic man of all time. I would sell out so fucking fast. Or is it the most American thing we could do? Like this is the thing. Oh, that the, nice. That's good. This is the thing the movie does, and this is the thing that it doesn't pull a punch on, which is like this is a situation, and this is like a social, uh, social morality tale of like. Where are we at as a group? This was made in 1988, by by the way, which is like the height of greed. Like, this is like Wall Street level. This is the greed is good era, yeah. Yeah, this is the greed is good era. Like, this is a time when movies... This is a time when, you know, being a Wall Street broker was like the thing, man. I mean, this is American psycho shit. So for this yeah. movie to come out during that time period, it's talking strictly about... It's talking strictly about, like, you know, white-collar crimes, the 80s, that kind of thing. But... Nothing's changed. Like that's what's so great about this movie is it has really transcended time in a really in a really pathetically sad way because we have not learned anything. <laughs> we from learned our nothing lessons. from the Pope John Carpenter. Yeah, we've God learned nothing from the Pope John Carpenter, and now we're just sort of stewing in it. And we have you know, Orange Face in the White House and that whole thing. Like that's like that's like the whole thing about. That's like the whole thing about this movie is it's not just about the 80s and it's not just some schlocky 80s like alien invasion flick. It's a social morality tale above all else. Like this is about yeah. this is about where we are as a group of people and how we're going to avoid becoming the aliens themselves. But this is the thing, right? That the inevitable conclusion of capitalism right. as as it plays out is one person or one kind of strong family taking everything from everyone. That, that's that's the ideal version of how this ends. Right. I mean, And we live in a world today where the money keeps funneling up and up and up to less people, and they seemingly control everything, and we're all kind of fighting about, you know, the pussy hats and the, the MAGA hats are out in the street fighting about this and that. But it always feels like there are these, these disgusting-faced aliens somewhere else just <laughs> living it up as we kind of bicker in the streets, right? right. Uh, you watch this movie and you see the drone surveillance. Now add cell phones to this movie. And you, this is a terrifying example of what we already live in. Right. That we are constantly surveyed 
and and our realities twisted and shaped through these different lenses to where what is fucking real man in a way we are already these aliens i was if just anything, about they, to say like that. you said that they're the better version of us because they're they're not hiding from each other at least right like once you're with them now it's all cool now we're all on front street right we all have some kind of disgusting under layer but we're all trying to to mask it in this it's all cool everything's good right and and that's i mean you hit it on the head for a movie to be this schlocky and fun with the aliens, the shot... I mean, the gun murders are fucking great. Blood everywhere. Awesome fucking one-liners. Mama and Tattletales, all that. Um, great fucking action. But then to have this fucking very fucking deep and just devastatingly true indictment of the world we live in is so fucking cool that that can exist in a movie like this. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so great. I mean, this is something that we've talked about. We've talked about, I think, particularly every time we've done all of the alien movies we've done. We've had this conversation, though. Like, all of the alien invasion movies are sort of these interesting metaphors for what lives were living, you know, when the movie was made, of course. But you realize that they kind of translate up through time. Like, it's never a thing where we're not wondering who's who and who's what. But also, like where we're going and why we are the way we are as a people. Like that's, what's so great about, and that's, what's fun about doing bonus episodes like this is like, we do get to kind of do this strange little wrap up because they live is a fucking incredible movie. And like everyone should watch it cause it's a blast, but like it is the perfect movie to kind of end the curation on because all alien invasion movies are really about human invasion. We've only done this right. to ourselves. Like aliens would, aliens would zip right past this planet. They go, eh, you know what? They're gonna fuck it up themselves. We'll just move on. Like that's <laughs> like, that's like the thing. It's like a drive-through. Like, oh man, should I do it? Oh man, I'm gonna have to shit my brains out when I get home. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna get <laughs> to where I'm going it, and then I'll come back. You know, like that's what it is. Like, like that's really all it is. Like our alien invasion movies that we make, and particularly the ones that we enjoy and that like move through the time with us are always much more about society at large than they are about an alien invasion. Right. Well, I mean, you said it. I, I like what you were saying about it's a human invasion, but I, I would go a step further. It's it's an invasion of truth. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're injecting something that feels very different and alien, and all of a sudden you're disrupting how we see things. Yeah. So now we're confronted with why have I lived this way? Because the concept of the alien invasion is we're afraid to lose the world as we know it. But then as you kind of wake up, you have to start imagining, well, is this worth saving? Right. Like the question I had with this movie when I was like, I would sell out. Is this world really any worse off than our world? Right. I you know, think that's I mean, the that's thing. the thing. Like you look around and it's like there are homeless people everywhere and there are people who work a lot and can't make ends meet. They're honest, hardworking people that can't get by right. because of the way things are. Um, yes, we're all greedy. Yes, we're all slaves to the TV. You know, we all want all these fucking things. We just work and work and work so we can buy things. Right. You know, like I'm a homeowner now and there's this never ending deluge of you just need more money so that you can have a big house and a big house needs all these fucking other things and you got to fill your house with all this shit. Right. And it's, it's fucking, when you stop and think about it, you're like, what a fucking absurd system we've set up. So you're, you're confronting the aliens make you opine for the world as you thought you knew it but right. also rip the mask off and you're like oh it's just a it's a kind of fucking gross skeletal alien 
Like this is a disgusting system we've created. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's so fun. It's 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 just a fun genre in that regard. But I love the and that I mean the ending of this movie too is one of those things where I'm because I, like all of the heroes die. Like like that's the thing that I mean, like. <laughs> I love those kinds of movies. I know that's really sad, but like something about the sacrificial hero, especially in a movie like this, you're like, nice. Like there's something about that that's really satisfying. But then, so the beacon or like you know the um, the satellites destroyed, and all of a sudden everyone sees the world for what it is. Oh my god, yes, I love that bit. They're like freaking out in the newsroom. Ah, right. Yeah, like that's like one of those great moments. Like, oh my god, like those are really like these are great bits. But then you really think about it, too, and this is like the genius of John Carpenter. So everybody breaks down. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's looking around. Do you think five minutes after that scene, like, hey, you know what? I can get over this. Let's just keep moving on. Like, the, my, my life is not that bad. Like, that's like, that's well, the thing. I thought about how long does it take him to get that satellite back up? Right. Oh, that's a good thing. You know? Point. So you're like, yeah, would people be like, oh. Because there's a great bit, right? Piper takes out the satellite, flips him off. Fuck you. Yeah. It's his last chance. Like, I do believe in American people. Like, we'll figure it out. And yeah, you're right. We have no idea if we actually will survive this or not. I think most people are probably like me. In a way, they're a bit lazy right. and extremely <laughs> apathetic. Or even worse, like one of my other worst traits is I'm cynical in a way. Right. We're like, well, even if we give it back to the politicians, fuck them. They're going to fuck <laughs> us, whatever. Like, that's what most people would probably be thinking. So you're like, ah, just fucking throw the switch again. I want my programs. Right, exactly. I want my like, stories. I think that's what it is. Like, that's what I feel like. That's what happens five minutes after is everyone just goes back to me like, I can deal with this. Like, you know, give me a little whatever like, you got brain drain or whatever. I'll just take. Like, right, yeah. I'll just forget the last five minutes ever happened. Like, that's yeah, like, I, I'm not unraveling the mysteries of the universe. It's over for me. <laughs> like, just just give me my give me my stories. Give me my programs. Right. Like, uh, here's a great scene, though. This is an amazing fucking scene in this movie that gives you so much to ponder. So the very last scene of the movie is probably one of the, my favorites, right? Right. So it's a lady who's just fucking. Uh, uh, she's fucking, fucking, fucking. Looks down. Ah! It's an alien. And he just goes, what's wrong, baby? Because <laughs> he doesn't know he's, he's unmasked. <laughs> so on a level, this is one of the scariest scenes in the movie. Because it, it kind of plays as almost, it's a little rapey. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a little scary. You're like, does she get knocked up and create a hybrid? Ooh. Like, have these people been breeding with us? What does that mean? Um, what does he do now that he's unfound? Does he murder her graphically? Does this start a war? But in that one little moment, the horror of unmasking right. in the most intimate moment we have unmasking like that is so much fun to ponder what happens immediately <laughs> after from that motel outwards. I mean, like, do you, does she just go, eh, is she like, it's still good. Whatever, it's fine. Well, not like, like that. Like, is is he that much creepier than any other guy I've dated? Like, oh men God. are pretty horrible. Men right? are horrible. <laughs> that's the that's the sequel. Really, is about like how terrible men are, anyways. And you find out that uh, yeah, like I mean, that's what's that's what's so fucking genius about this movie, especially that. Does ending. she just go back to calling him daddy? <laughs> is that how that movie ends? Like, does she do that, or is it like a grisly murder? I don't know. <laughs> do you think we fight back and kill, or we're just like, oh, this is uncomfortable? Oh no! I think- if you told me like, "Hey man, stop, stop binging," uh, you know, Twilight Zone. You got to get out here and fight. I'd be like, "Oh, it's so hot. I'll get sweaty." <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think like, again, this movie just translates so well to current state of affairs. But like, we're at this point in our lives where, like, 
uh, what, like, I don't know if you know the armchair activists, like that kind of thing. Like those are the kinds of things that bother people is people's inability to kind of, I don't know, filter out their own problems and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, to me, we all just kind of go back to the, we go back to being drones. We all just go about our daily lives. Like that's, that's what I think it is. Like we're not so we're, we're not, it's the movie's less about greed to me. Like it's not about greed. It's about our inability, like society's inability to want to do anything about that kind of thing. Like that's my, that's my takeaway from they live is always not, not like greed is bad or anything like that because greed's greed, like greed's capitalism, 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 whatever the movie really is about (laughs) the societal constructs we're willing to put up to like not deal with the fact that, Oh, that's some fucked up shit. We should not be a part of that. Like that's, that's really what the movie's about. Right. Uh, we, no, I, I agree totally. I think it's funny because we see they talk about their locusts, their terraforming at that weird banquet where they just walk in and no one's like, hey, who invited uh, the Pearl Jam cover band? Right. It's all gross and sweaty. Uh, they just kind of let it happen, right? Like, oh, they must be here. It's all good. Right. Even they're blinded, right? They're like, we're so successful. No one could get in here. Um, but yeah, they, that's that's the fun thing is is you don't know that it's worse off. Right. You know, you don't know that we want to do anything. And I would imagine most of us want to, like, be honest with yourself. Everyone's going to be like, oh, Griffey's a dick. He wouldn't fight for America. Uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, if I knew, like, the aliens already controlled everything and they had access to, like, the final season of Game of Thrones, you're like, yeah, it's over. They won. They defeated us. <laughs> Good game. You know what I mean? Good game. I'd do the lineup and just high five. Good game, aliens. Yeah. Well I'm with you. Put me put me with the shaggy guy. My Cardi B Instagram mansion. Yep. Give me, um, give me my scraggly beard. We actually beard and skipped. We skipped the greatest fight scene in the history of movies. We didn't even discuss it. I know. Well, I was try- I was hoping we could Roddy just save Piper it till the end. Roddy Piper and Keith David, right? Where Roddy's obsessed with him putting on the glass. He needs Keith David to put on the glass. This is after. By the way, he meets Holly, who's one of the weirdest characters in the movie, because he kidnaps her at gunpoint and takes her to her mansion. She's so unaffected, right? Right, and it plays so funny through the movie, and even like kind of lures him in and then beats his ass and throws him out a window <laughs> like hits him on the head <laughs> the most insane window jump ever right rolls down a hill and you're just like wow this wally uh holly is very strange right and then at the end we learn she's the fucking judas and she kills keith david in a horrific of mice and men moment very horrible uncool. moment very uncool but he, even all that right so after he gets thrown out of the window by the most badass empowered lady ever right <laughs> right he goes back to the alley, crawls into a garbage can to save these glasses. Keith David shows up, chucks some money at him, trying to be a good guy again. He's like, put the glasses on. And he's like, no, leave me alone. Fuck you. You're ruining my life. And then this is another great Roddy Piper moment. Brother, life's a bitch. And she's back in heat. <laughs> and then what ensues is what feels like a 25-minute fist fight. Oh, it's it's kind, of, it's kind of the best and worst of fights, right? Where every time someone gets hit, you feel like they're really hurt and fucked up and they fall down. Right. But yet they always get back up for another series. of moves. But I mean, this fight feels like it goes on. It's it, I actually so long I, after I watched it, I found I was like, how long? Because I thought that like I wrote like, how long is this? And, and I, then you just wrote not long enough more. <laughs> I went I went because I, I was like, you two. I. The dregs of YouTube have to have this clipped out. So I went on YouTube to find it. There is, I believe it's six minutes and 23 seconds long of just like. Amazing. Wait. And that's way too short for this exciting fist fight that I watched. For sure. 
Well, I love that we're just shutting that shutting it down, right? And we're just like, you know what? We're just gonna have two guys hashing it out. Yeah. So it's like a small personal fight. You fucked up my shit. Is ever since you've been here, you fucked it up. It's also Roddy Piper like desperately fighting with humanity to confront the truth. Right. But at the end of the day, it's just two fucking beefcakes just beating each other's ass. It's just nice to see Roddy Piper get to. And then weirdly, like Roddy Piper's whole goal is to make Keith David put on the glasses, but then tries to kill him with the two by four. That's and immediately he's like, oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part of the whole thing. Like it's six minutes long, and you're like. All he had to do was put on the glasses. None of this would have happened. Just put on the sunglasses. It takes five seconds. But see, that's what Holly said, though, right? Like, even if I put these on, if I don't see what you want me to see, I'm still going to say I do because you're a crazy person. Uh, right? So damn, it's tough. You're like, right. Roddy wants him to do it, but what's the point? So he has to prove through manliness. He's like, I'm going to beat your ass to where you see double. <laughs> you see double truth when you put those glasses on. <laughs> But yeah, I just I love a movie like this that's just like, you know, we're going to stop and do this for six fucking minutes. That is so... Yeah. It is one of my all-time favorite fist fights in any movie ever. I mean, this is just a great, like, John Carpenter thing. Like, John Carpenter's like, we're stopping the plot right now. This is an important six-minute fight scene of just nonstop punching. But that's the thing. It's the whole plot, man. Nonstop punching and throwing into cars, trash cans, whatever you can find. Like, whatever there's available, like... We'll just we'll, we'll we'll take six minutes out of this movie to make sure someone puts on sunglasses. I have a lot of respect. Roddy for Piper is fighting against the establishment of man himself. Wow, I wonder. If- I know deep, right? You know what is great though about this fight too? The subsequent buddy cop shots for the rest of the movie. I was like, you could have just made that movie. Take out the aliens and just give me a buddy cop movie with Roddy Piper and Keith David. Oh, yeah. I would have watched the shit out of that movie. I would, too. I would. Like, when they show up to the hotel and they're all fucking beat up with the sunglasses on, and he's just like, I want a room. And you're like, what could those two guys need that room for? See, that's what the. Like, just give me a whole movie from that bellhop's perspective. See, that's like, what the sequel oh, for They Live 2 should have been. Like, they both should have survived. And then the sequel should have been They Live 2, Chewing Bubblegum kicking ass like that's like that's what they have like that's the tag that should have been the tagline for number two was no more bubble gum like that's or, oh or maybe you do the opposite you go introspective these guys live but they're hobbled right keith david's kind of in a wheelchair paralyzed roddy piper's missing like some legs right and there are two guys that introspectively start a bubble gum factory they're going to give the world bubble gum so that there's no more fighting. That's good. It's like a little Willy Wonka too, as well. It's kind of, it's kind of like the 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 scene in Forrest Gump, right, where he finally gives Bubba his dream and starts the ship, and through optimism, like becomes successful. That is the most. I'd like to see Keith David and Roddy Piper rolling around in uh, their wheelchairs, creating gum for the world, talking about the new world, like we saved the world from these monsters. But how do we make it better? Bazooka Joe. <laughs> And then, and that's how we got little terrible gum with comic strips. That's how we got terrible gum that's like little bricks in you your mouth. You know what? They, no, they definitely made that, what was it, Fruit Stripes? That was definitely them. They tried so hard to make you happy with Fruit Stripes. You're like, it's got a zebra cartoon and it's striped, but then it's like out of flavor in two seconds yeah. and it actually makes you more sad. And it has flavor for two seconds. You're like, oh. I'll tell you, Bubblegum Factory, that's the movie. That's They Live too. Bubblegum Factory. Watch the very end of the movie Mouse Hunts. And how happy and optimistic a, a wrap-up oh that God. is, Abo. That's what we could do for They Live too. 
Oh my god. They've already kicked all the ass. They had a six minute fisticuff scene. We can't do more of That's that. That's true. There really can't be any more fighting after this movie. Like No, you have Terrence Malick directing <laughs> two paralyzed men whose war is over, trying to save the world through bubblegum and talking. <laughs> no, fuck that. Jim Jarmusch. That's who I'm yeah, doing. Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. That's who I'm using. That's that's your director for They Live Too? Yeah. Instead of broken flowers, it's broken social constructs. <laughs> and then the tagline, chew on this. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Right? Because they work in a bubblegum factory. <laughs> oh, thank and you for... Like, chew on these hard truths. Thank you for explaining that to me. I did not know that that, that was where we are going. Hollywood with. loves to treat us like we're dummies. I'm just playing by their rules, man. <laughs> that's a construct I believe in. <laughs> uh... No, man, at the, at the end of the day, this movie is so fucking profound, yet fun and crazy. Uh, it, it has gotten better with age. Yes. This this movie, to me, ranks up there among the greatest I've ever seen. When you can have so much brain, yet so much fun, it's such a hard feat to pull off. And this movie does it splendidly. Absolutely. I think that there's no finer example of a movie that sort of like, doesn't doesn't make any there's no accidental purpose to it. I love that about this movie. Everything about this movie is incredibly deliberate including a 6-minute fight scene. But seriously, that's what this movie is is like it's very deliberate social commentary and all the great alien invasion action you would want. Like that's what's really really cool about it. Right. Well, it's it's the helping the the fun stuff and the fist fights and the aliens and all that are helping us swallow these kind of bitter truths that we have to ponder. Yes. Um, to me, this is probably John Carpenter's biggest flex of all his movies, where he's just like, look at how fucking good I am. I the mean, thing might be his best movie right. to me, but this one I think he he gets to showcase so much more of the actual talent he had. The, the real, true... Uh, stewardship of his direction shines through in this movie so much more than most, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's just, this is impeccable stuff. His From his casting of Roddy Piper down to just saying exactly what he wanted to say without having to say it. Like, that's what's so great about this movie. Nothing is over... It's weird to say this about a John Carpenter movie, but it's also kind of not because you're like, oh, genre... But nothing about a John Carpenter movie is overstated. That's what's so great about the movies he makes. He just makes movies that have these very specific twinges to them that you're like, huh. I and like it leaves you the room to excavate for more. It's fun. I, I, I love I love John right. Carpenter well, movies. That's, and that's I love what I mean. Life. It's it's big big brain stuff with just in your face muscle Russell beating up aliens. Yep. You're like, yeah, this is fucking outstanding. It's a bodybuilder with a. Organic chemistry book. By the way, it has the same thing Total Recall has. There's nothing I love more than seeing like a super jacked gym bro. Yes. Doing like hard manual labor. Like that scene where Roddy Piper looks like he's never done a shovel before. It's like Total Recall where Arnold's just jackhammering. We have no idea what he's jackhammering. You're like, damn, look at those muscles. <laughs> you got to show off the guns, man. You gotta, you yeah, it gets me a little a little raged up. You know what yeah, I mean? You got to show the goods. That's that's why you hire Roddy Piper. It makes Piper. me horny for an idealized version of myself. I'm like, I could work out and shovel my own yard like this. Someday, a neighbor man will look at me the way I'm looking at Muscle Russell. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, we hope you guys all enjoyed Aliens Invade the Pod. 
I hope you've all sold out with us. It's worth it. Don't fight the fight. It's over. We've lost. There are people that think She-Ra need bigger tits. It's over. We're done. That's right. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So coming up, guys, we have the pod takes revenge. Some other fun stuff. Um, my dear friend Sam Price is do- co-hosting a double feature with me. I'm recording this weekend. Give Alex a little break from my bullshit. Uh, we'll be doing Kroll and Ladyhawk. This is a high fantasy double feature. I'm real uh, I'm, Also I'm on sad the I'm schedule, missing. yeah, my friend John Gribbins, Jonathan Gribbins, he is decided we're going to do a, a men turn into pigs, right? As seen through Studio Ghibli stuff. So we're doing Porco Rosso and Spirited Away. That should be a really fun one. Nice. And just so many good things coming up, guys. Again, the best thing you can do to help us, just watch movies. Watch these movies with your buddies and then share the pod with them. Help us spread the word to more alchemists. Help us uh, by following us on social media, telling us what movies you'd like to see, what movies we missed. This is a movie that you guys added to the curation. Thank you so much for that, by the way. Uh, take a second, subscribe, rate, review. We are literally at your mercy. Do it. We are a social construct you must sell out to. Obey. Marry and reproduce. This is your God. That was money. That was so hardcore. Cut. Hardcore. Cut. Cut.